What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed. The final week of the NFL regular season and the college football playoff semifinals are upon us. I was joined this week by my good buddy, Jake Goldberg, and his dad, Mitch, was our guest picker. You guys might remember Jake from all the way back in week one of the football season. His dad wanted to join us so badly, we brought him on. It was a lot of fun. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. As always, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Mash that subscribe button. Leave us a nice five-star review. We'll give you a shout-out in the new year. This is the final podcast of 2020. But enjoy this week's episode, everybody. Let us know what you think in the show notes. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, and joining me all the way up from Canada, replacing Matty D, because he uh, was a little too busy with the end of the year, it is Jake Goldberg coming back. Welcome back, Jake. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. A little cold up here in the snow, but otherwise doing well up here, G-Man. Love to hear it. Well, appreciate you stepping in. We're talking some football. Week 17 in the NFL. The college football playoff is finally here. And I'm happy that we got through everything. You know, we finally got to it. Obviously, college football was a little bumpy, but we made it through the whole season. So that's definitely something to uh, be pretty pumped about. Yeah, it definitely gave us a lot to do on weekdays. (laughs) So that's great. I, I appreciate the Mac a lot more this year. And I ever had before. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it because we really didn't have anything else going on on weeknights. Uh, so we had you on on week one, and immediately after having you on, your dad texts you saying, "I want to come on." So he is coming on in a little bit as our guest picker. But checking back in with you, what were your thoughts on this year? What did you think the NFL did well? What did you think of the college season? I'm really interested in hearing what you thought of football in 2020. I was very impressed how the NFL handled it. I think when we were talking about it in week one, we were saying, well, what if a quarterback gets pulled after the first snap, a test comes back? We really didn't see that this year, other than maybe the Des Bryant incident uh, a few weeks ago. Was was that thing? No, that wasn't Thanksgiving. But um, I really, they handled it very well. Didn't see too many COVID positives. Um, and they really honestly shamed people like, Haskins for for being out and, and and getting noticed in public without a mask. So I was very impressed the way the NFL handled it. College, not so much. Pretty, uh, I think this shines a light that we need a commissioner for uh, all of college football. I just can't have conferences anymore. And uh, for the most part, they did pretty well, but I, I was a little uh, shocked by the Pac-12 making their early decision and, and the Big Ten, though they did come back canceling that many games even if ohio state does well uh these next few weeks it's still going to be they're still going to look at them and and not give them the credit because they didn't play enough games yeah definitely with uh college i never thought about the commissioner idea and you bringing it up there definitely needs to be some sort of unilateral 
decision making process, whether it is one commissioner or if it's you make the the playoff committee, you know, a little more a little more involved in, in the regular season of just saying, hey, here's what we want. You know, you got like something or some sort of judge judge and jury to to kind of keep these things in check, because I do think for one and it's really interesting, right? You mentioned that there's no players that there's a positive test aside from Des Bryant that, you know, after they play or they play a full game and it turns out they may have had it. Um, obviously week one was well before the MLB playoffs and what happened at the end of the world series. And I think to your point of what the NFL did well is that they, despite having to push things, they did shame and they did, they did this all independently before it wasn't a reaction to Justin Turner. They did this beforehand with the, everything with the, the Titans and moving up theirs and the Steelers bye weeks to be that week. And uh, I know Steelers fans were pretty pissed off about it, but you know, that, that is what it is. Um, but it, yeah, they, they certainly did that. But on the college front, yeah, definitely something needs to change. It is, I don't know. We'll see what this weekend and we'll talk about the games in a second, but there's something that needs, needs to be figured out. And, and especially if depending on where we're at with everything in, in 2021, uh, with the virus and everything there of, of kind of determining how we're going to do this, because I don't know, there's the Pac-12 is really getting left behind here and then kind of fumbling around with the COVID decisions didn't really help them. And obviously the big 10 Ohio state got away with it, but the rest of the, of the league stunk. And I don't know if that's directly because of COVID or if it's because of, you know, other things that's going on within the college football landscape, but something definitely needs to change. And the commissioner, I really had never thought of it before, but it would not be the worst idea in the world. Yeah, I think uh, I think just yeah, one one power would be great. Uh, especially they're really going to need that um, as athletes start to get paid a little bit more. Yeah, right. So once these bills start passing, you're going to need somebody other than Congress to look at college football and and say what's right and what's wrong. Um, more the day to day. So I I think it would be a I I don't know what it would look like. I don't know who would do it, uh, whether, like you said, it could be a committee, but it, it does have to uh, come into play one of these time, one of these years, next few years. It's, it's turning into pro football now. You need, you need somebody or, or some kind of committee um, to run this. Yeah, it's probably something in between, and I don't know. It'll, they got to figure out something, too. Of I know some people are fans of the – out of you know, the FCS scheduling and how the SEC does it super late and other teams do it really, you know, the, the figuring all that sort of stuff out. I would like some sort of more, I know they've recommended things before of saying, well, we want this. That's why t- colleges or conferences have gone up to nine game uh, conference schedules and all that sort of stuff. But I'd love a, you know, a, no, you no Oregon state. You can't play Portland state this year. Like that is not good. Your, your schedule will not be strong enough to be considered. Like, it's I don't I don't want like the the idea of uh like the committee booting a team in, in week one. I, I like the fact that the, that their rankings don't come out until the end of October. But yeah, there's some something does need to be done though because it's still gonna it, you know we're really getting to the extremes of players want to go to the elite programs, the NFL factories, and Alabama and Clemson now really get you know so much more of a monopoly on it. So it it is a little tough. Yeah, it's 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 tough, but I mean, you know what I thought that was the coolest thing that college did this year, 
um, and I'd love to see it moving forward, even though it didn't work out for them, was BYU. Oh, yeah. That the committee came to them and said, your, your schedule isn't strong enough, even if you went out, your games are getting canceled. They said, bring us, you know, we'll go to Coastal. Yeah, um, that's definitely something that I would have loved to see A&M and, and Ohio State do that. Uh, obviously, it would have been cool for the rankings, but also, why not? You know, I mean, obviously, you don't want to roll the dice, and but it was awesome, the fact that BYU and Coastal did that. And unfortunately for, for Coastal Carolina, their perfect season did not finish as they lost their bowl game earlier this week. But, I mean, it just helped It helped kind of bring the legend of, an, of these undefeated uh, non-Power 5 teams, helped build that legend. Well, that's what I, I'd love to see. I would have loved to see Cincinnati play Texas A&M instead of going for their conference championship, with, which they only won by three. Instead of them playing, they should have played Texas A&M to see who gets the fourth spot. Yeah, that would have been cool. I, I do think that we're starting to get to the point that a expansion in the college football playoff will be coming sooner or later. I know uh, they've said that they don't plan on doing it, but I feel like more and more people are going to start really clamoring for something, especially out West where the Pac-12 now, it's been four years since they last got a bid. The Big 12 getting getting blanked again. Um, I just feel like there's something out there that people are going to be trying to figure out. I think if Ohio State does get completely blown out and, and people are wondering, like, well, what, why the hell did an A&M get in? I, you know, I feel like we'll, we'll really see, start to see that ball moving a little more. Yeah, I mean, they have the weeks for it, too. Yeah. They, they definitely do. We can we can lose one game. And, I mean, I think we've seen this year, take this year out of it. There is a good amount of time, usually, between the conference championship and all of these bowls. Exactly. That's my big thing. I think they could easily do – give them two weeks off for exams or whatever the, you know, the student-athlete portion of it you want to say is. And then start it before Christmas and have, if you want to do three rounds, whether it's six or eight teams, they do a round – the week before Christmas, do the semifinals still right around New Year's, and then do the national championship. Separate them all out by 10 days. I, f- I feel like you could do that pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah, I think they could, but uh, we would need some sort of commissioner to tell us that. <laughs> well, let's look at this weekend, specifically Friday with the Sugar Bowl and the, and the Rose Bowl. Uh, but we do have some other ones. We have Auburn and, and uh, Northwestern playing in the Citrus Bowl. We have the Peach Bowl, another, uh, speaking of Cincinnati, they're playing Georgia. Um, and right now we have our first New Year's Six game, Oklahoma up 17 to nothing on Florida, who is gravely undermanned, and also the Fiesta Bowl, I shouldn't forget that, between those uh, those two conferences that we were just shitting on. But let's look at the playoff games first, and then we can you know give a quick, uh, quick fun fact on the other New Year's Six games. But... Do you want to start with the good game or do you want to start with the bad game? I mean, let's let's start with the uh, let's start with the bad game and just say why are we playing this game? Yeah, th- this is the Rose Bowl between Alabama and Notre Dame now being played at Cowboy Stadium or AT&T Stadium, excuse me, Jerry World. Jake, do you know this is the second Rose Bowl to not be played there at the Rose Bowl? I did not know that. I was going to ask you. So where was the other one? It was played at Duke. When? Uh, in 1943, it was after Pearl Harbor. Got it. That makes sense. Well, that's uh, that's great for them to keep the tradition alive. Um, are how many fans are going to be down there? Uh, I think the Cowboys had, I think they had 26,000 people in for the the Eagles Cowboys game. So I don't know if they're let if they are letting people in or not, but uh, that might be the number. 
I'm 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 pretty sure it doesn't matter how many fans are there. Uh, <laughs> Alabama should roll them and shouldn't roll them. I, all I can say is I think you're going to see a lot of trick plays from Notre Dame. They can look at this and say, if we go head to head and play Alabama's game, we're going to get blown out just like we did against Clemson. And the only way we can possibly win this game or stay in this game, trick plays, crazy blitzes that that Mac Jones hasn't seen before, and hope that uh, Devonta Smith pulls a hamstring or something. That's all I can really say. Yeah, that uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that game goes. I don't think it's going to be that close. Uh, not to spoil a pick coming up with your dad, but um, yeah, that's it's Notre Dame is going to have to get creative. I think you're right. They did go forward a lot on fourth down against Clemson. I feel like that's going to have to be a thing here where they have to be aggressive early and often for them to even have a shot here. But uh, Bama fans, as long as uh, they don't look ahead, I think you're uh, you're feeling fairly safe in the middle of the afternoon on on New Year's Day. Yeah, I think they uh, think they should be fine. Um, so yeah, really, I think the conversation comes for the second game. And, you know, it, it revolves uh, – my question, do you think Ohio State should be here? I think so. I You know, a lot of people were upset that they got the pass to go into the Big Ten – or Big Ten Championship when the Big Ten literally made the rule two months ago. Um, I think it was fine. I think it's better than to say to Northwestern, who you know, gets to play in a, in a New Year's Six – or uh, actually, no, the Citrus Bowl is not a New Year's Six game um, – but the, you know, to, or Indiana, who is playing the Outback Bowl against Ole Miss and under 500 Ole Miss, you know, this is mm-hmm. what you, you know, this is what you end up happening. But in terms of for the Big Ten, we talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago where, you know, all the extra money that the conference gets by making a college football playoff game versus just a New Year's Six game, which I think is also telling that the, the committee kind of gave them the, the backhanded compliment of, all right, great, but no other no other school gets a, you know, Ohio state, you're undefeated. You're this really good team on paper, but no other school gets to come into the new year's six. Um, so I think there is that of, they don't get that extra money there on top of Ohio state, but I, you know, I think they're in the right spot. I think they, they played, they played good football. I think, uh, it would have been kind of nuts to be honest. If they got, they got X'd out and, and A&M got in when A&M got blown out by Bama. And I, I think there is something about that. I, I also prefer conference champions, so that's also partly why I'm down on Notre Dame not being in there or uh, and putting like an Iowa – or actually Iowa State lost, but putting in a – you know, I, I don't know if you put in an Oklahoma team that has two losses or what you do. It's kind of weird because it's COVID and all that sort of stuff, or even Cincinnati, who they very clearly the committee didn't like. But um, – to answer your original question, I think Ohio State deserves to be there. We'll see how they play. I think this is going to be a really good game. Two good defenses, offenses that should be firing all cylinders with a number of different weapons. Obviously, uh, the bigger names, at least come draft time, are uh, – actually, no, they're on both sides of the ball. I was going to say Trevor Lawrence, but – and then uh, ETN and a number of different other guys on that Clemson team. But the Ohio State is another number of dudes that we're going to be hearing a lot on, on the NFL draft day. Or oh, yeah. Time. Yeah, I have a few a uh, few prop bets out there on on Justin Fields. I I really think we just haven't seen the best of him yet um, really? this season. There's always, I mean, he yeah, he played great last year, but hasn't looked right this year. Uh, it takes obviously a few more weeks off, and uh, he's seen this Clemson team before. So I have him. I have a few prop bets out there, but really going top three is is the bet. And I made this last year. 
Um, so I'm, I'm really, I feel good about it, but a few mock drafts, see him sliding down and Zach Wilson popping up. Um, so it'll be interesting. The NFL draft, you know, as you can say at this point, I can't wait. Um, but got to see where my giants are picking. Yeah, that is, uh, that'll be really interesting to see, especially with, uh, how impactful Sunday afternoon is going to be. But before we throw yeah. it over to your dad, let's look quickly at the other games that are a couple being played on Friday or one being played on Friday in the New Year Six. Obviously, a lot of bowl games that day too. Uh, Peach Bowl, undefeated Cincinnati against Georgia. Uh, Cincinnati wins. You think they pull a uh, UCF and say that they won the national championship? Well, that all depends on if Alabama wins it. <laughs> if they go with 13 I, could I see them doing it yeah I mean Luke Fickle came out and said that he said it for recruiting purposes uh the fact that UCF did it was a great move um so yeah I could I could see them doing it but I mean I feel like you're either rooting uh, strongly for one team or the other here between Cincinnati and Georgia um either you want all these power five conferences or group of five conferences excuse me uh to just I mean, I, I kind of want Georgia to blow them out. And I wanted to see, you know, just because you go 13-0 and 0, um, in the in the MAC or something like that, or what are they in? They're the, the American. The AAC, yeah. They're 9-0, yeah. so they'd win a 10th game. Yeah. I mean, if this happens, um, yeah, they should have an argument. I, I think a big reason that the committee, just to go back on it, didn't put Cincinnati in, why they were so sour on them. I watched this game last year. Cincinnati played Ohio State, and it was supposed to be this big thing. Fickle played at Ohio State when you know, when he was in college, and Ohio State blew them out. They could have been worse. I think it. I think the final was either thirty-eight or forty-five, nothing. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably part of it. I mean, it's tough though without a, a barometer to really throw them into, and it, it's tough to say what would actually happen. I just think in a wacky COVID year, why not throw them in and say. You know, that's what we want to do. You want you want the uniqueness of it, and now we have four teams, all of whom have made the playoff before. One is one of the most popular co- colleges in the country, in Notre Dame. The other three have won. They actually, they're the only schools to – or no, LSU did last year. Um, but they're, they're three of the only schools to win the college football national cha- – or college football playoff national championship game. And uh, it's just tough. I don't know. Um, I, I would have put Cincinnati in. Yeah, I would have too. If it was me, I would have put Cincinnati in. And I, again, I'm going back to this point. It would kind of, it would shut them up. It would shut up the, the group of five conferences to say we can hang with Alabama. That You know, the spread on that game would have been what, 27? At least. It would have, it probably would have been closer to 30. Yeah. So, I mean, I, look, I wanted to see them play the best. Uh, but they're going to play a very good Georgia team that's firing in all cylinders. So let's see what JT Daniels can do. And, uh, I mean, I hope it's a good game, but I'm, I'm pulling for Georgia here. How about you? Uh, yeah, I'm probably leaning towards Georgia as well. I think there's a reason why the over-under line is set at 50, whereas every other college football playoff and New Year's Six Bowl is at least 55. Three of them are 65 or higher, um, including or actually four of them, including tonight. We're 65 or higher. Um, there's a reason why this one is 15 points less, and I think that's uh, what this is. You know, a lot of people are banking that Georgia's going to score a lot of points. Cincinnati is not going to score a ton. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, it's only seven and a half, right? Or is it is that gone up? Uh, I see six for Georgia on uh, on Yahoo, but 
I mean, oh. I think that's probably because a lot of people are thinking, oh, we thought this with UCF, and then they beat Auburn. And there's probably a decent amount of money there. I'd have to look at where uh, where everything is. But that'd be the only reason why I'm thinking that's holding on there. But the over not moving is pretty telling on what, what uh, a lot of the, the – I don't want to say the smart people because it's not – you know, we'd have to, again, see where the money is. But mm-hmm. I think that's telling of a, a low line and a, and a low over is – Something's not adding up there. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. But what what other games do we do we have here? You just want to go over the new uh, near six? Yeah, we might as well. So you have the Orange Bowl between A and M and North Carolina. I think this is actually going to be a really good game. I hitched my wagon pretty early in in our pick'em segments of thinking North Carolina was legit when they got all the way up to five and all this stuff, and then I got burned pretty badly on a couple of their losses. Um, but I, I do think they can hang with the Aggies pretty well. I think they're ver- two very similar teams. Uh, it's only a seven-point line for A&M, which I, I think is right, but I, I do think A&M pulls this game out. I know that Jimbo, you know, he's really done a good job turning this team around and, and putting them to where they're at. Um, but I don't know. It, it's something similar, too, that I kind of want to see UNC win just to shut A&M up and have them, you know, not think like, think oh we should have been in there all this stuff blah 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 because they're playing it obviously a day later they'll have seen notre dame you know what happened against alabama and think that should have been up so they should be fired up so if they really do blow north carolina's heels off sorry to be punny um yeah we may just we may never hear the end of it absolutely i like that pun though but uh, are those two running backs playing uh for north carolina that is a good question. I am not sure. Explain to the to the listeners as I look this up. Well, I do know those two running backs. Uh, they they had what five hundred yards in a a couple of games ago. Yeah, and they are. This is it. it reminds me almost of like the Reggie Bush and um, what was his name White. Um, yeah, Lendell White. Lendell White. It was just uh, like thunder and lightning is what they would call him. And you just have a power back and then. Which it up with a speed back and a power back and actually run. I think he's actually going to be pretty successful in the NFL. Um, but yeah, if the, if those guys are both playing, I, A&M is going to have a good game. They're going to have a, a, a tough team on their hands to deal with. It's always tough when you have a somebody just trying to run down your throat, which North Carolina can do. But they can. Uh, they also have Sam Howell. I, I I like North Carolina in this one. Yeah, they. Um, so it's Michael Carter and. Javante Williams, and I'm looking them up now. Javante Williams. Here we go. Let's see. Uh, no, it's mainly just about how good they were in that one game. Uh, <laughs> a quick Google give. So I don't see anything about whether or not they will be playing. Um, but, yeah, to, to fill in what Jake was saying, they combined for 544 yards in their final game against uh, Miami a couple weeks back. Um, yeah, which is absolutely insane to do. That's uh like our boy over over at Buffalo, the guy with a uh, a billion yards. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen his highlights? Yeah, yeah he uh, yeah. The only thing is, he didn't look great in the bowl game. Ah, that's such a delayed response. Um, but uh, but yeah. Regardless, I I kind of want to see North Carolina win here. I just feel like. A&M's going to be fired. Both teams are going to be fired up here. This might be 
outside of the, the playoff games, this might be the one that I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, obviously, the Fiesta Bowl is on right before that. It's yeah the the Pac-12 champion Oregon Ducks who sit at four and two who had to similar to what we were talking about before of teams stepping in. They literally just stepped into the Pac-12 championship and took out USC and now find themselves in the New Year's Six Bowl uh, taking on Iowa State, a team who a lot of people thought were getting screwed, and then they lost Oklahoma. And, you know, now rightfully, as a three-loss team, find themselves here. And this is a close game. This one even has an over 57.5, which, uh, you know, that's saying something about Oregon, an Oregon team that that had a lot more high hopes coming into this year. Iowa State, I'd be a little more concerned with them. I actually like Oregon a little bit here. I know they they had some players opt out who, you know, didn't end up coming back when the Pac-12 did. And I don't know. I, I think that team, their quarterback is strong. Their defense can, it's okay, you know, for a Pac-12 team, but I don't know. I, uh, I kind of like it here. I think Iowa State, I think they've, they've kind of run out of the magic. I know their defense is really good, so that's what's going to be the difference maker, but I just don't see this thing. If Oregon really gets it going, I don't see Iowa State winning a shootout. Yeah, I, I, I can't see that, uh, see that either, but I don't know how much we actually know about the Oregon team, about the entire Pac-12. Um, I think the committee, though, was was rubbing their their hands together when they saw Oregon beat USC because that just shut up. USC was saying, "Oh, we won a conference championship. We, you know, they're going to be what six and zero? Yeah, something like that. We should be in the the college football playoff over a one loss Notre Dame team. Yeah, and they did that too. You watch USC. Remember that they they had I think it was a two loss team. It was. Uh... Whenever Darnold was a senior, I think 2017, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we should be in." Over it was the year Alabama got in as the when they didn't even play in the SEC championship game and they played Georgia in the in the uh, national championship, and Ohio State got screwed and USC sitting there like, "Oh yeah, we should be in too." Like, come on, like pump the fucking brakes there for a minute. Yeah, I mean, USC is 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 really not relevant anymore. No. The whole the whole Pac-12. I mean, there's only going to be one team to come out of there. You either hope it's USC or, or Oregon. That's um, that's that's all they really have anymore. But they beat each other up so much. They don't have an outstanding team. Like you can say the Big Ten beats each other up, but they have Ohio State that pretty much always comes out, um, or they have a Wisconsin team that's tough to play against. But the Pac-12 always seems, you know, they need that one win to get into the national championship, get into the college football playoff now. And for some reason, they always take each other out. You see it in the, the Big 12 this year, right? Uh, this Oklahoma team losing these two tough games. But they, they could be a, uh, like you said earlier, they could be a, a top four team too if they don't lose that other game to, they lost to Iowa State earlier in the year, right? Uh, yeah, they did. Um, yeah, Iowa State has had kind of, is that an interesting schedule um, with everything that's gone on? And Yeah, I don't know. It's uh gonna be a weird weird game i feel like uh kind of a it's good that we get the orange bowl on right after this i'll put it that way yeah yeah i agree with that what are your thoughts on the orange bowl or we went over the orange bowl yeah no no uh the other games will be fun i think uh the liberty bowl tomorrow afternoon with uh west virginia and army will be fun will be a good time to watch um yeah, we get some other some other ranked games out there. The Outback Bowl we mentioned with Indiana, NC State playing Kentucky, a Kentucky team that I think had a 
little bit of a bummer of a year. Uh, hilariously, they're four and six. North Carolina State is ranked and is eight and three, and Kentucky is a three-point favorite. That's what the SEC does for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, obviously, you know, we had a few a few different canceled uh, bowl games. You know, a couple that that was either because of COVID or they strictly said, or it was either because of COVID or for other reasons. The Music City Bowl was it was said because of Missouri's outbreak, but also obviously Nashville got uh, unfortunately attacked and and on Sunday, and obviously you know thoughts and prayers and all that stuff. But yeah, I feel like it's going to be. I mean, this is a, a college football season that was definitely unlike any other, and it's uh, you know it sucks that it's kind of the same four teams. It's that's my only like deflating thought on the season is that it ended up being the same four teams or around the same four teams that we usually see and didn't get a new didn't get any new blood in there. But I don't know. It, it's just good that uh, that this is you know the the bowl season ended up being normal because you mentioned it that the uh, conference championships were later. Obviously, the Heisman hasn't even been handed out yet, so. We'll, uh, you know, we'll see how this weekend goes. Yeah. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts on the Heisman? I don't, I'd love to see, um, I'd love to see wide receiver, wide receiver. Um, Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith. Thank you. I'd love to see him win it and just see, see a wide out when the, I don't know when the last time that happened. Um, I think he's really good and I think he's, he's played really well. I know obviously, you know, fields and a number of different guys have had some pretty outstanding seasons, but I don't know, just for the sheer fact of uniqueness, I think it'd be cool to see Smith take it home. I think so, too. I mean, look at the career this guy's had. If you look back, right, and you think about that Tua play in the national championship, what was that, Two, three years ago? Three years ago. Three years ago. Who was on the other side of that? Freshman receiver, Devonta Smith. Yeah. Right? And now he's uh, doing it with, with another quarterback. So he's really been with three – most likely first rounders. I think Mac Jones could end up in the first round. That's that's another topic. Um, but yeah, I'm pulling for Devonta Smith. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't get too many votes stolen from him. From you know Mac Jones, that's the worry is they're going to split their votes between Jones and, and Smith. Uh, but who was the last receiver? The question was Desmond Howard. Do you count him as any sort of receiver, or is he mainly on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, I, I would have thought of him more of a as a D back, but. Yeah, I guess he did, uh, like, return kicks, right, and all that stuff. Yeah, they gave him some receiving yards here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's a really good question. Everybody thought um, Jabril, Jabril Peppers was going to. Remember that? All the yeah. On that, uh, that season. And he, Who else is there? Uh, the last defensive player, Manti Teo. Ooh. Is he the last defensive player? Oh, yeah, that, that was after uh, Nadamik and Sue. Suhu, like, almost won it over Mark Ingram. Remember that season? Yeah. Well, I mean, he he probably should have if you look back. Yeah. Ingram and, was... uh, Trent Richardson right after him. Yep. Trent Richardson. What a, what a illustrious career that turned out to be. Ooh. I'm trying to figure out the Alabama running back uh, situation, right? If you're an NFL GM, you can say to yourself, well, I'm just going to pick the next guy from Alabama. And if you do that, you're going to run into a Trent Richardson or a TJ Yeldon. Yeah. A situation where this guy, the pattern doesn't make sense. You do so well in college, you should do well in the NFL. And some of these Alabama running backs do great. Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson, um, who was the – Derrick Henry. um, 
Uh, yeah, Derek, or sorry, Trent Richardson was not on there. Derrick Henry yeah. was on there. Um, well, Richardson was good for like two years and then got traded and stunk. Yeah, he ended up in the CFL. He didn't do pretty. He didn't do well up here either. Oh. And uh, yeah, so that's. I mean, it's it's kind of a um, it's a toss up with Alabama Alabama running backs, but I think Najee Harris is kind of an unstoppable force right now. It's going to be interesting. Uh, assuming that they play, that they that they win this game, uh, interesting to see how Clemson or Ohio State try to deal with them. Yeah, it will be. Uh, I think. Yeah, it's. I mean, Notre Dame is supposed to be having this great defense, and uh, I don't know. I feel like he's really going to expose a lot out there. I feel like Mac Jones will too. He. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I just wish, like, it's. I don't know. I'm lost in the words of how you could make that that one versus four game better, but I don't know. I yeah, I'm not sure. I think we like you said we got to expand. Um, but somebody did bring up the point that if you look at the FCS, they have an expanded bowl. Is it eight or sixteen there? No, it's more than sixteen. It's uh, it's like twenty six or something, or twenty four. Um. And, it's and for the last, I think it was the last 11 years, they've had three teams win it. Well, yeah, so that, yeah, that's a really good point. It's um, a lot of North Dakota State, and they've become a huge juggernaut. Um, and then, yeah, it's 24 teams, eight seeded teams, and eight first-round buys. Uh, for a little while, it was even differ- different to the point that they had 20 teams in and technically eight, uh, 12 first-round buys. Now they uh now they have more teams that are quote unquote seeded in the FCS playoffs. But yeah, that's a really good point that that North Dakota State at one point like didn't lose a game for four or five years, um, and how the, all that's been going. And I know uh, JMU won a couple years ago, or, or no, they got they got clo- oh no, they did win. Yeah, so it's been since 2010, it's been Eastern Washington, then North Dakota State eight times, and JMU in 2016. But before that, it was pretty. It was a you know pretty uh, back and forth if you want to put it that way uh, that the only team that ever really did a ton was Appalachian State won three in a row including the year they beat Michigan but other than that there was there was no repeats Georgia Southern did it in ninety nine and two thousand and a bunch of other ones it there was no uh, not a lot of back to backs you you know from. 2007 to 2011, it's it's five different teams. App State winning their third of three in a row. Richmond, Nova, Eastern Washington, and then the start of the North Dakota State Empire, which uh, in that playoffs they beat Lehigh in 2011. Fun fact. Oh, that hurts a little bit. Yeah, um, they, their star wide receiver tweeted out the N word, and he got suspended for the game. So uh, that happened. That was really the the beginning of Twitter when you didn't realize how how much this was actually going to affect you yeah, before people. Yeah, yeah. he. Uh, yeah, and then his name is Ryan Spadola, and then he got drafted, either drafted or signed as an undrafted free agent by the Jets, and he played in like two games. And in my one Lehigh league, it was like a joke of whoever picked him up. I think we made whoever picked last had to get, had to draft Ryan Spadola. <laughs> well, I believe I have his stats up here. And they should be pretty easy to remember. He's had zero receptions, zero receiving yards, zero receiving touchdowns, obviously. Um, but he did have two targets. 
Yeah, I uh, I think he played in the first game, like uh, like on actual offensive snaps, and I think everything else was on like the kicking team or something. Yeah, some some preseason work here, but I, I like that rule. I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you can see that turn. So back to the original point, um, expanding the playoff, it, it obviously will include more people, include more people, more schools. Uh, everybody will feel more included and made the college football playoff. But at the end of the day, you're going to be going up, you know, and you're now putting a 16 seed or even if you want to put it less like a 12 seed going up against Alabama on a bye or something like that. Um, it's, you know, it, it's still going to lead to the same thing. Clemson, Ohio State, uh, Alabama, and and one more kind of throw in, whether that's LSU, Oklahoma, hope Texas gets back one of these days. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the powerhouses obviously have the recruiting measures to, to really stay on top. The, nothing, I, I don't see anything really changing that. Yeah, it's uh... – kind of all over the place with all of that because there are those schools that that now some of them have become better at basketball and, and their money's shifting that way like a michigan for instance like you're thinking that a lot more of their recruiting dollars there's probably still a lot not even probably there is a lot that still comes into football but you want to think that more of that as their basketball team excels they're going to get more money and there's those there's those schools in texas that certainly are you know probably getting a decent amount of money and it's just it's either working out, it's not working out, and I don't know. There, there's going to be some sort of tectonic shift that happens to to it, but it, I don't know. It, you know, the water's going to find its level, like what happened with LSU. I know they had a lot of opt outs and they had a lot of injuries, but I don't know. It's uh, something's got to change, and and somehow that could, until Nick Saban retires, you know, it's I don't you know expanding the playoff, we might see the same thing of of where we're at and. And all that sort of stuff, but you're right that the pendulum, you know, isn't isn't going to swing for a while, and that the the it's still going to be polarized where all the recruits go. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting when you watch when when the bill finally comes out about how these players can get paid. Yeah, and things like that, and and once that finally comes down to it, I mean, if you want to talk about an unfair playing field right now, what's going to happen when Alabama can put somebody? Oh, you're going to be on my. Uh, used car lot we're going to use it for you for advertising if you come here and and you know we'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars or something like that and that's going to be perfectly legal this is good it's going to be the pony excess yeah, all over again something like that is going to happen and, and it's what's going to be crazy is that there's going to be some school that gets caught and another school like the bill's going to pass and another school starts doing it and you, you almost have to wonder of like how can we backdate this or like what level will it be legal? So it'll be really interesting to see how eventually as players start getting paid, how that ends up happening and, and how all that goes. Cause it's definitely something, I mean, even just scholarships, like when I was in college or when we were in college, cause we're the same age, but when the Patriot league changed their rules about letting them give out scholarships, cause they didn't previously. And it made such a huge difference for them to be able to recruit in other parts of the country instead of just, relying on guys from the Northeast to come to Lehigh and hopefully want to go there despite not getting money. And now if they can actually get paid for it, but you also have to then look at like what schools do the best, like Alabama can easily be able to afford it. So you almost have to like come up with either, I don't think it could be a salary cap, but like uh, some sort of, you can't, I guess technically it would be a salary cap, but of some way to, to facilitate that. Cause otherwise 
Then the Bamas, I mean, Texas would easily come back right away because then all their donors would give asinine levels of money to get their pairs, you know, get the best quarterback on the highest salary. I mean, obviously the biggest payroll isn't, isn't always the biggest indicator, but, you know, it helps. I mean, look at baseball. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you're you're right. That's why the the Rays can still be in it. And and I mean, you're right. Um, to to some degree. I mean, like right now, Alabama spends so much more than anybody else. I mean, I guess Ohio State and and Clemson are up there. But if you look at Clemson with all of their coaches, I think they listed something around sixty coaches. Yeah. In terms of like a special grad assistant or something like that, it's. I mean, there, there's got to be uh, some sort of level. I mean, previously, I, I believe there was some rule against scholarships, right? They could they could give out as many scholarships as possible. Um, maybe it's just cutting back on scholarships is going to be a, a, a level playing ground. Yeah, maybe something like that. It'll be – there's a lot of questions out there of and theories of how they could do this. So it'll be, it'll be fun to see. But um, why don't we send it over to your dad for picks, and you won't be joining us on the other side. So, Jake – I appreciate you coming back on, man. This was a ton of fun, and obviously, uh, as we ramp up towards hockey, we're only two weeks away. Flyers, Penguins on NBC Sportsnet two weeks from tonight. We'll have to have you on to uh, help talk some puck. Yep, I can't wait. And uh, by that time, the World Juniors will be over. Be able to break that down because that's that's all we can really watch up here. But I'm ready for some hockey. But let's get to some picks. Yes, yeah, the World Juniors have been a ton of fun, but. Uh, yep, let's send it over. We have Jake's dad, Mitch Goldberg, on. So here he is, Big Mitch. All right, it is time for picks, and we now welcome on Jake's dad, Mitch Goldberg. Mitch, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And yourself? I'm doing pretty well. I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, we Back when Jake was on, I think it was week one, uh, you listened and you said, I need to get an invite. And I immediately said yes. We had to figure this out. So I'm glad we snuck it in for week 17, but I'm pumped to have you on. Get some of your thoughts on uh, the NFL season and all that stuff. And, and obviously get some picks in. So thank you for joining us. My pleasure. I look forward to it. Yeah, so we just went through the, the format, but f- to catch up everybody with the listeners, if you don't remember, snake draft style, we're going to start with Mr. Goldberg, go to Jake, then me, and then we snake back around. If we do five NFL games, we're going to wrap up. This week we will do a college pick because there are bowl games, the big, obviously the playoffs, and all that good stuff. So, Mr. Goldberg, lead us off. What is your first pick? You can call me Le- You can call me Mitch. It's all right. fine. Don't worry. Okay. Or, or lefty, whatever you, you feel like. My first pick uh, in, in, are you saying college or pro? So, uh, we're doing the pros first. The pros first. Um, I like Denver. I like Denver getting two and a half points against Vegas. All right. Now, do you want me to tell you a little bit why or are we going to hit that afterwards? No, please tell tell me why. Well, I'm a big believer in um, when, it comes to, when it comes to pro football that it's a week-to-week game, meaning that it's not that you're building momentum, but oftentimes the week after what you did – if you played a great game, you probably will be a letdown the next game or the sandwich game. Or if you play poorly, perhaps you really want to uh, you really want to win uh, the next time you, you play a little harder. In this case, um, Las Vegas, I think um, their bubble burst and I think they, they probably won't show up and they're not a great road team to begin with. And I believe Denver will cover and, and uh, they'll actually win the game outright. Right now, they're about a two and a half point favorite. I don't know if you have the same uh, in your in your uh, pick, but I, I believe Denver wins the game outright. Awesome, yeah, I have them. A, I have it just at two, but uh, I'll give you the extra point there. 
Uh, but yeah, I like that pick a lot. I think you you hit the nail on the head with with Vegas being kind of kind of done. I think uh, a number of things happened with the. I think the the hail mary was the last uh, last bit of the magic against the Jets a couple weeks ago. But Jake, well, they actually had two. They had two pieces of magic before that. They just didn't end. The, the magic ran out when Fitzpatrick's magic kicked in. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Jake, we move to you. What do you got? I uh, begrudgingly will take the Dallas Cowboys to cover a point and a half against the Giants. Giants have looked terrible these last few weeks, and the Cowboys are fighting for their their playoff spot. I guess they both are, but a little more faith in the Cowboys than I do the Giants these these days. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting one to look at. I mean, Dallas's offense looked great against the Eagles. Um, all of their wide receivers were firing on all cylinders. Their defense actually stepped up. Um, some of that might be due to Doug Peterson's play calling, but I'm not here to, to vent about that. But yeah, that, um, I'm rooting for you guys. I want I would like to see the Giants get in, but it would be great though that the year that the Cowboys lose Dak, where they they still may pay him, that they make the playoffs if the Eagles beat the beat the uh, Washington Football Team, and therefore their draft pick that should be would normally you know with their record be somewhere close to the top 10 would end up being pretty bad or not bad, but it, close further down in the, the first round. So I think that's a, be an interesting scenario to find out if uh, all things work out that way. I got a little bias on that play. I'm hoping that if Dallas does win, so does Washington. So that, so the giants get a better pick than the Eagles. No, you, if, if Washington wins, Dallas gets kicked out anyway. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's no. That's I'm getting all the scenarios stuck and reversed in my head. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, the Eagles would no, the Eagles would still get a better pick than the Cowboys or the Giants if they lose. Um, Doesn't matter if you don't know who you're picking. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good point, and I have a lot of opinions on that with uh, how the front the front office has been with the Eagles. But it's over to me. Two picks. Oh. Kind of a weird week with uh, various players saying that they're going to be sat and all this sort of stuff, specifically uh, in. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Uh, I'm not going to touch the Browns game right now. I'm just mentioning that. I am, though, going to pick the Buffalo Bills. Minus one and a half against Miami Dolphins, who are fighting for their life. Bills don't need to play for anything, so this might be uh, an interesting game. I'm going to take the Dolphins, plus one and a half. Because the Bills don't need to fight for anything, obviously there's seating involved and all that sort of stuff. But they've just announced they're going to let fans into the stadium. 6,700 of them into the Bills stadium for the playoff game. I feel like they want to maybe play the starters for the first half and then you know, maybe gradually pull them out. I don't think we're going to see a lot of Josh Allen. We probably aren't going to see a lot of Stephon Diggs. Uh, the running backs we might see a ton of, but they have that. They have the uh, the two-headed horse of Singletary and Moss. I feel like we may not see a ton of them. Uh, or maybe we do. Singletary was in for a while when they actually sat the, uh, when they sat the starters. So who knows? We'll see what happens there. But I'm going to go with the Dolphins plus one and a half and see if they uh, – they figure their stuff out to get into the playoffs. Uh, how do you think the weather is going to affect that game? Have you looked ahead to see what it's going to be in Buffalo that day? Uh, let's see here if there is a projection. Uh, I would think probably still snowy, but um, that is a fair question because we do uh, have to look at you have to look at who's playing quarterback and who uh, who's healthy and not on the COVID list for for the Dolphins. So that does that does put things in there. I don't have a a anything on there but weather in buffalo 
Buffalo, New York. And let's see. Uh, Sunday. Ooh, Sunday. This is supposed to snow. So that's going to be an interesting game. You think two has ever seen snow? That's actually a really good question. Because they've because for college, you went to Miami, and then I don't think they ever... Like, any of their bowl games were indoors or in the South, if it was outdoors. Yeah, you played in the SEC, right? Yeah. So, you know, at, at Bama coming from Hawaii, and um, I don't... I, I'm trying to think. I don't know if he's even played in this cold of weather. That's actually... That's a really good question. This might be his first time seeing snow. Yeah. I know uh, yeah. Blake Bortles notably said that he had never seen the leaves turn colors when he went to Chicago in the fall. <laughs> Well, uh, I don't know if you've seen that either. Yeah, who knows? Well, you might have this year. They they went to New England. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I guess they went early in the season, oh, or that's when it was uh, torrential downpour, right? Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, that game was wild. Um, but speaking of the, of the New England Patriots, a game that does not mean anything is the Patriots and the Jets. Uh, the the Patriots are still a three point favorite here. Uh, I am going to go with the Patriots. I feel like the Jets are pretty spiced up now. They've won two games in a row. They can't possibly get the first overall pick, but I feel like that magic has really run out. Speaking of a, uh, you know, the proverbial clock striking midnight, and the Patriots, they want to end their season on a high note, if you will, uh, after a Monday night letdown against the Bills. So I'm going to take the Patriots here in kind of a weird crossroads game for them, but end their season on a high note, win their final game, just not the one that matters. To get to seven and nine, they're going to cover the three point spread. Um, this could also be a completely wild game, considering uh, that it really has no meaning. But I'm going to take the Patriots here. I don't mind that. I think Belichick always wants to give it to the to the Jets. Yeah, that's part of my thought process too. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll take this one. I think it's a, an easy one here. They can afford a win. It's Jacksonville at Indianapolis. I know Indy is something to play for. Jacksonville won the first game, and it was it was in Jacksonville. Uh, but they can't hurt themselves with a win. They have all their guys literally playing for a tryout. This is a tryout for next year. They know they have Trevor Lawrence all wrapped up. And, um, yeah, now they can afford to put some points up. Yeah, that's a really good point, too. And they, they are a team – I don't have their exact record against the spread, but they don't they don't get killed that badly. Obviously, a couple times this has blown up in my face. I thought that with the Baltimore Ravens a couple weeks ago. Um, we all bought into it, me uh, – uh, Matt, Joe Mart, our guest picker, a bunch of other people, and it did not work. But this is a tryout. The Colts, they, they need to win and they need some help too. But I can't see this game getting completely out of control because I get it, they need a win, but it's a 14-point spread. Final week of the season, you mentioned it, that tryout aspect to it. I just feel like, especially with, with guys like a DJ Chark, running backs, guys that are potential free agents, they want to – they got nothing else to, to lose there, so – I like that. I don't think they win. I think the Colts end up winning the game, but it's definitely not going to be a complete blowout. That's the thought process. Well, I'm not sure of that. I mean, um, it could go actually backfire on them. I think that the Jaguars have held their own most of the year, especially the first half of the lot of games they were in. But, um, you know, I, I would, you know, it's a, it's a gutsy pick, Jake. I, I believe that the Colts will, will actually cover that, but uh, I think you make a good point that uh, they've they're playing for their jobs for next year. Good point. Well, Mitch, is that you're now two to you? Is no, that I'm one not. Of your picks? I'm not picking against it. I'm not taking the other one side. But it's an interesting pick. All right. If I mm-hmm. what are your uh, your backup? What are your next two picks, Mitch? Um, 
you know, it's, it's interesting what's going on here. I'm just trying to take a look at something here. And uh, I'm really liking this. Is, they're not really playing well, but I think this might be the time where Arizona could step up to the uh, Rams. The Rams have a, a backup quarterback coming up, but I'm not crazy about backups. Backups usually have a pretty good game the first time. So um, there is there's some consideration there. So um, I'm looking there, but uh, it's a tough one. But I, I think I'm going to go with Arizona. I'm going to give Arizona right now. I have them. Uh, what's your point spread in Arizona in the one that you're looking at? Jordan? I got um, Arizona's a three-point favorite. Arizona's three. Okay. So I have it a little bit different. So before I make that, because I had it was one and a half. And uh, um, hmm. Let me make a change on that then. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. <clears throat> let's hold off on Arizona. I'm gonna go down to the Chargers. The uh, Chargers. I know Kansas City's a three and a half point favorite, but the Chargers have something to play with for next year. Um, you know, they're, 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 again, their 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 quarterback is uh, doing a great job. Kansas City has no motivation. They're locked into the number one spot. Mahomes is not going to be playing, so I like uh, the Chargers to uh, uh, to um, uh, c- cover their. Uh, they're spread. There were three. Are they three points? Favorites? Three points there. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the Chargers. Give them three. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good pick. Chad Henney getting the start, right? Michigan man. I've heard that name in a long time. Yeah, you look right? at some of the backups in the NFL, and you just you never. I've never heard of some of these guys, and then some of them are throwbacks. I would. You said Chad Henney. I would have bet Chad Henney played at Michigan in 2004. If we're 20 years down the road. I'll say he played in 2004. I think he was the quarterback uh, when they lost to Appalachian State, no? And that was 07. Was that, 07? Yeah. That's a long time. That's a long time. I mean, career backup. Didn't he have a starting job in Miami for a little bit? But He did for a little bit, yeah. But, yeah, what a what a career. Yeah, he's 35 years old. Oh, he's from Wyoming. I didn't know he was from Pennsylvania. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, what a what a career. He, uh, he, wow. Yeah, just looking at this. He could get to 2,000 passing attempts this week. He only needs 35 of them. That count, that, does that count as practice passes? <laughs> uh, no, apparently he, uh, his, he's, uh, doesn't say how many starts he has, but he has, uh, his touchdown to interception ratio 58 to 63. He's 1,200, almost 1,300 passing yards in the NFL. Um, Wow, yeah, he uh, he's been active this entire time. He's with the Dolphins for three years, the Jaguars mm-hmm. for seven. Mm-hmm. Blake Bortles is back up, and he's been with the Chiefs for three years. He he was on he is officially a Super Bowl champion. That's a good trivia question. Who is Mahomes' backup? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I wouldn't know. Yeah, so Dad, you know something else we haven't talked about here. I'll just throw something out to you is that it's interesting. There are four spots for three t- three spots for four teams in the AFC. You've got uh, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Colts. And they're playing for three spots. Yeah. And at this point, uh, some who took the uh, Dolphins? I think, uh, Jordy, you took the Dolphins. Yeah, I did. So, uh, you know, uh, for one of those teams to get in, uh, if they all – the Dolphins, Ravens, and Browns all win, I think it's the Colts who get uh, who don't play. Yeah, the Colts so, need one, one of those teams to lose along with winning. Yeah, the Colts will probably win, but you know who, who, who you know uh, most likely. But the Browns, what kind of uh, kind of odds do you have on the Browns in terms of number? Uh, the Browns are fourteen point or no ten point favorites to the Steelers. Boy, that's, that's, that's giving a lot of points. I, I'm 
I'm going to jump on the Steelers and and uh, uh, to to cover. I get two picks now. I go. Back so to your back. first your first one was the Chargers, yeah, and you're taking the Steelers plus ten. Steelers plus ten. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be an interesting game with Mason Rudolph starting. Obviously, last year there was the whole thing with him and Miles Garrett, uh, where we don't we don't actually know what officially was said, but that's going to be a must watch TV in that one o'clock slate. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that pick because I think Mason Rudolph is proven that he, he could be a starter somewhere. Uh, you're right. There's bad blood between these teams, and I don't really see a blowout happening. Um, doesn't matter who's under quarterback or who's under center. Sorry. My, my only my this my concern about it though is guys is that you know if I go back to the week to week thing, Pittsburgh you know really came off a big win last week, and Cleveland came off a big loss coming off a big loss. However, ten points is a lot, and teams hate each other. And I, I think it's going to be one of those games where uh, I, I think it's a good game probably to go to the under. It's going to, it's going to be a, a, you know, a, a slugfest. Uh, it's going to be cold out there in Cleveland, but that doesn't bother either team. Um, so, I mean, the that's, that's been a wacky weather all year. Yeah, they, they do. They love the weird weather. Yeah, so I think there's going to be some bad blood, and <laughs> I think somebody will get thrown out of that game. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, you mentioned the under. It's 42.5 is the line for the, for the total. There's a lot of low ones. The Patriots and the Jets is 39 and a half. I cannot think of the last time I've seen a 39 and a half line, let alone for the Patriots. Uh, Cardinals Chargers, two teams that have prolific offenses, is set at 40 and a half. I know that there's some some backups coming in there. 43 and a half for Kansas City and the and uh, or no, that's Arizona the Rams. 43 43 and a half for the Chargers and the Chiefs. It's kind of a weird week in terms of points. And then obviously the big games that matter. There's some there's some higher point totals that'll be uh that'll be interesting. Well, you know, when you look at when you look at suicide pools, you look at these kinds of pools, you know, with spreads, the two toughest weeks are the first week and the last week. Oh yeah. And uh, this 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 is really difficult because you know there was another pick which I'm not gonna tell you about yet until I can't, I think I've done three. My fourth pick <laughs> will be something where the game it's not worth anything. The question is, what do I, why do I think one team will still blow the other team out? Yeah, no, no, no. That that was uh some of my logic on the the Patriots and the Jets. So I, I'm definitely on board with that theory. I know what you're gonna pick. I absolutely know what you're gonna pick. I'm not gonna touch it. I'll I'll leave it for you. Uh, but I will go against you here. I'm I'm gonna take uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I I have a true belief, and Jordy knows that when I get it, when I go against the quarterback, I might do it for the whole season. Um, and I don't think Drew Locke is a good quarterback. I think the the Raiders again. They're out of the playoffs now, fighting for their jobs, and and John Gruden once, uh, you know, he never lets up. So that's my pick going against you, Mitchell. I like that one a lot. And there's a a team that I've strongly been on that bandwagon for. And the one time that I uh, went against them, thinking that they should win, they lost. It was the the Minnesota Vikings. I'm not going to touch that game. Because that is a, a game that does not mean anything, and really, I don't trust any part of it. Dalvin Cook sitting in that, so I don't know if that's the game you're talking about, Mitch. If, that, if you want it, you can have it. Uh, I am, though, going to look in the NFC North, a game that's flexed against its NFC uh, to 445, or 425, unlike its other a- NFC North game, the, the Dolphins, or the uh, Dolphins, what am I saying? The Vikings and the Lions. The Bears and Packers got flexed to 425 because it does matter for the Arizona Rams game because of the Bears win. 
Or if the Cardinals win, that's how the Bears get into the playoffs. Packers don't have a ton to play for. They got some, they get it, or they, actually they do. They have a first round bye um, in play here with that or a Seattle loss if they win and they beat the Bears. Uh, Aaron Rodgers loves to beat up on the Bears. I don't think their offense has been very good this year. I know David Montgomery's been turning it on, but the last time these two teams met on Sunday Night Football, the Packers really laid into it, into them. And uh, I don't know, the Bears offense has looked better, but I still don't trust it. I'm taking Green Bay. Minus five. I'd love to see the, the Bears get into the playoffs, but I'm going to have to think that the, the Rams win there. So uh, Green Bay minus five is my first pick. I, I like that a lot. I don't, I don't know if that's what you were leading towards. Uh, uh, Mitt, no, but, I wasn't. Yeah. That's a tough game to, to pick. It really is because because it's, it's, um, it's, it's a division rival. Correct. A and B – and B is that um, Chicago needs the game more than, than, than Green Bay. So that's a lot of points. Uh, I believe in Trubisky, not, um, but he has been playing very well uh, for sure. But I, I wouldn't, I, that's a tough one. I, I looked at that a lot of different ways, but if I was going to lean anyway, it would have been Chicago, but I wouldn't, you know, Jordy, uh, let's see. Green Bay has been tough. They've been really outstanding all year. Yeah. They've been pretty good. And, and, Aaron Rodgers, I just feel like, A, he does very well against the Bears, but I can think of at least two different occasions that they've played on Week 17 where the game has mattered for either the AFC North title or for something or another, and Aaron Rodgers just loves to toy with the hearts of Bears fans. I know this because my whole mom's family is all huge Bears fans. I just feel like that that's it's uh, it could be close. I mean, this could, could turn into something where you know there's bear weather, it's at Soldier Field, and you know, we get some yeah. stuff going on that, that turns it into a, a three-point game. I feel like that's why it's probably at five. There might be some missed extra points and here, here and that. And I don't know. It's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, I find that over-under interesting as well at 52. Uh, it seems a little bit high. High, yeah. 30% chance of, of snow. And um, yeah, I know Green Bay plays well in the snow and Chicago's used to it, but can't see that game going much over 52. No, that, that's pretty tough. Um, but yeah, it, so it's still me to another game, uh, Seattle and San Francisco. This is one where if Seattle wins, they get the first round by and home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They need to win. They need green Bay and new Orleans to lose. So they are playing for something. Um, the 49ers though, you know, it's another game where they're, they're playing for jobs or they're trying to show other teams, you know, what they have. I really like Jeff Wilson Jr. He's had a couple huge weeks. And Seattle's defense is not what it used to be. We say it every week on this podcast about how they're not, they're not the Legion of Boom anymore. Or, uh, wow, I'm really tripping over myself. But I'm taking San Francisco plus six here. I don't think they necessarily win, but this is another one. Just like you were talking about before, Mitch, with the Bears and the, and the Packers. This is a division rivalry. These two teams don't particularly like each other a ton. And I think San Francisco keeps it close. This is something where... A year plagued by injuries, they want to win win something for some pride. So I'm going to take the 49ers here. I really like that pick. That's a really personally, I think it's a really good, a very good pick. And for the reasons that you stated, um, the Seahawks keep every game close. <laughs> but I will say this about their defense, though: the defense the second half of the year has been very different than the defense the first half. True. So you also have to look at the trends. Their numbers are very good in the second half. Um, Defense-wise, but six points for Seattle to give up is a lot. Um, is a lot. So I think that you made a good, a really good, strong pick. It wasn't the one I had in mind, but 
That's a strong pick. I'm excited to see what this pick ends up being. But Jake, let's uh, let's get your pick before your dad goes. Yep. So I, I'm going to go with uh, Tampa Bay here. Tampa Bay six and a half, and uh, I don't have great reasoning other than I think Tampa Bay has been clicking the last few weeks. And uh, Atlanta has obviously nothing to play for, um, but they could even be, you know, if, they, if they're letting up in the second half, usually what's going to happen when they're going against a, a determined Tampa Bay team at home, uh, something on the line. Like, I, I'm taking Tampa Bay all day, six and a half. I like that pick a lot. That's uh, We keep thinking Atlanta. Atlanta shows signs of life here and there, and you know, they've had some big offensive weeks. They've they've held it close, but I don't know. I think this is something where maybe they're playing for pride again and they want to, but I think Tampa Bay really wants to uh, accentuate the positives of their team and, uh, you know, really end, really end uh, this, the regular season on an exclamation. The game, I believe, does not mean anything. They, uh, I believe, are just in the playoffs and there's nothing else that they – can do they cannot win the division they i think seeding if they lose uh they might become the sixth seed but i don't know that is so this this game kind of is weird it's a lot of points to lay but i don't know atlanta's atlanta's kind of dead in the water and i think uh, that's a that's a pretty big deal if you're moving from five to six you get to play the winner of the nfc east who is not going to be a good team yeah um or you have to take on who the winner of the so the NFC West. Depends, it depends on how uh, everything shakes out. Currently, it would be the the Seattle Seahawks, but it could be the Saints. It could be the Packers, depending on who wins, who loses, and all that sort of stuff. Actually, I think no, the no, Packers think, might be immune from winning this three seed. It's a wonderful pick. I believe that Tampa. I think Tom Brady's on a mission. He wants to stick it to Belichick, and uh, he's in the playoffs. And Belichick's not, and uh, he's taking that team. And he's not crazy about Arians either. So. He, he, the thing that it's not, it's not that I have concerns about Brady at all, but which Atlanta team is going to show up uh, two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? Atlanta was winning 17, nothing at the half Yep, and lost the game. So I, I don't know if Atlanta's going to show up for this game. Um, you know, so, but Tampa Bay will, we'll see what happens. That's a, that's a, that's a great pick, but, um, you know, that the great picks when they win, uh, <laughs> You know, um, nonetheless, um, Minnesota, Detroit. Well, that's a tough one, right? You know, the one you were talking about. Is that yep. the one you thought I'd like, Jake? That's what I thought you liked. You know, um, it's very interesting. I think Detroit has. Um, it looks like that Stafford will probably is unlikely to play. I'm not sure, but I think Minnesota will, will it will crush them because Minnesota, back to the week to week thing, they were completely embarrassed last week. So is Detroit, but I don't think Detroit has any of the guts and doesn't have the coach that in Zimmer. Zimmer is going to push these guys to play a great game, and I think that uh, Minnesota comes out on top, you know, by by three touchdowns. So they, I think they'll cover. I have here seven. What do you have in the, in your uh, pool there? Seven. Uh, I, I think I, I have six. Now. Yeah, I got. I have. Uh, I have six actually for Minnesota. Okay, so that's even better. So I got Minnesota giving six. All right. And then your final NFL pick. I think I've, I've got four, no? Oh, five plus one? Yeah, it's it's five NFL, then one college. So uh, let, let, can you um, 
Can we can we kind of uh, double back a little bit and see what we've we've all picked here? I've got the Chargers laying three. Yeah, got, so you uh, yeah, so you have the Chargers, the Steelers, the Broncos, and Minnesota. Jake has Dallas, Jacksonville, Vegas, and Tampa. And then I have Miami, New England, Green Bay, and San Francisco. Uh, the Washington-Philadelphia game. You know, that's a very interesting game. But, again, don't know who, who's showing up for Washington. Does anybody know whether Smith is playing? I don't know if they've announced if he's playing or not. They uh, they have the AAF superstar. They have him on the on the roster. They uh, yeah, Their offense is a little... Uh, Little, little thin. Okay. Um, so I, there was a couple of other things I liked a lot. Okay, I'm a little stymied here, thinking that I finally finalized my pick. There. Uh, so let's sorry. go back to. Uh, let me go back to uh, the Arizona team. Okay. And uh, Arizona, you know, it's going to take the Rams. They're giving. They're getting. They're giving up three though. So I'll go with Arizona. All right. Taking the taking the Cardinals to try to fight for their playoff lots. They try to fight for it. They had a tough. They've had some tough losses. Uh, it's a tough team, um, but uh, it's going to be. Uh, I think that coach really wants to show something, and and, um, uh, and Kyler Murray is playing. He had a really bad game last game. He's been not doing well the second half, so he's motivated uh, to play well against the Rams. The Rams are two different teams. They have a their offense is, uh, you know, they have a good running team. I think the, that uh, passing-wise, Goff was hurt. Uh, they're going to go to the backup. But I think the way that the Rams win, I think it's almost an advantage to have the backup play for them in some ways in the sense that he probably will hand the ball off a lot. And I think that's how the Rams can win that game. But I, I'm, I'm hoping that Kyler Murray has one of his breakout-type games. Yeah, it'll be really interesting with the Rams because their running backs have been banged up throughout the year. I think Daryl Henderson, I don't, I don't think he's playing. I think he's done. Um so yeah, it, that's definitely a really good point, and I think if you're Arizona, you want to really show like, hey, you know, this was a stepping year. This you know, this wasn't the year we didn't think that we were gonna, you know, be the the superstars. But they definitely want to show like this wasn't just a fluke, and that you know Murray has has you know some pizzazz to him, and that this this wasn't just a a hot start that fizzled out. So I like that pick a lot. I think uh, it's going to be really interesting though, because their defense, I feel like needs to, to step up to, uh, to the plate a little bit, but I think with a little bit of a neutered Rams offense uh, should help there. And it uh, would be a good win for them too. Cause they, uh, they need, they need a little bit of a stronger uh, strength of victory. I feel like to yeah, really be had a tough, had a tough loss. And, and I'm not sure if they actually show up. I like them to do it. And I like Kingsbury, the coach, but I could make the case for the Rams as well in, in a lot of ways too. Yeah, you certainly can, it's, and it's uh, yeah, but it's uh, a game I want to watch. Yeah, and it's it's a weird one too because the winner gets in, no matter what. Then the the Chargers or the Rams, the two LA teams throws me off. The Rams can also get in if the Bears lose to Green Bay, so it doesn't. So it gets kind of weird that way of uh, how this all goes. So it's there's stuff that does matter. There's stuff that doesn't. Uh, it's a very, very interesting 425 slate to look at. Oh, so the whole, you know, there's a lot, there's more games in 425 than there is on the one o'clock slate. Yeah, because so much I, stuff uh, is crossing over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's fun. You know, I, I think the same thing happened last year. They flexed a ton of games. But, uh, 
yeah, it's it's gonna be a good a good week. I think that the extra wild card spot, I think, uh, adds a little more a little more interest to this final week that normally can be kind of a kind of a drag. Well, if you think about it, there's very few teams that are locked into one spot. Exactly. You know, so as as Pete Rosell used to say, we we basically own Sunday. And now <laughs> they own Sunday and Monday and Thursday. And yeah, they Sunday really do. I mean, the, the Saturday games Saturday. were really good, were excellent, I think, in this past slate. I mean, especially last week. But, uh, you know, they, they they really want to. They they could uh, take over other nights, too, as this weird COVID schedule proved. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised nobody's taken this game yet. I know where uh, you're going. Okay, I'm, I'm going to predict it. I'm going to circle the game where you're going. All right. <laughs> Anything you're just going to say, I'm, uh, that's the game you picked. Nope. Um <clears throat> Yeah, obviously I have a theme here, guys fighting for their jobs. I mean, the Houston Texans, seven and a half, at home against Tennessee. Uh, I didn't, that wasn't where I was going, but go on. <laughs> All right. I was uh, yeah, Romeo, uh, head, you know, the, the interim head coach, fighting to see if he can get a job for next year. Um, and then, yeah, they have a bunch of guys on offense and defense that might be out of there after the season. Playing for their jobs, I uh, like that. That seven and a half points. You think uh, JJ Watt's speech really uh, got him going? I hope so. I hope some guys actually showed up to the building this week. <laughs> uh, I like that pick a lot. Um, yeah, that's kind of that's a weird one because Tennessee, they aren't locked in. So, kind of another interesting scenario that goes on. Tennessee wins the the title of the AFC South if they win, or Indy loses. They also can get in if the Ravens or the Dolphins lose. So it kind of becomes a an interesting shake there of, of where it all ends up happening. It looks like the 1 o'clock slate's a lot more uh, important to the AFC and the 425 to the NFC. But uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I don't know if the uh, you know the timing of it. I mean, obviously this is a this is a 425 game, so this may not even end up mattering. Uh, so that's that's a. Uh, I, I have it down here though, Jordy. I have that the Titans are in. If if they win, they're in. If, if they, they win, win. They, they're in. They win the AFC South. Yes. Or if they can clinch a playoff berth with a loss by the Ravens or Colts or Dolphins. That is so correct. I believe I believe this is a real motivator. And quite frankly, Jake, I thought you I thought that was a game. Now I looked at that as a game that I was thinking about picking, but I would have picked the other side. I think Tennessee has a chance to crush them. The thing about Houston, though, the really thing about Houston this year is they've been behind in many games. At the end of the day, you look up and they're, they're, three, points, they're three points behind, by the end, but they can catch up. Yeah, the, yeah, the backdoor Watson, cover. Yeah. So what, what do you think could happen, though, if uh, Buffalo is favored here? The Dolphins lose the 1 o'clock slate. Do they pull Tannehill? Pull Henry? Do they pull all their starters? Yeah, that, that that's what I think might happen. If, they, if the Dolphins lose, they... They don't need they don't need to play because if the exactly. Colts end up losing to the Jaguars, which is unlikely, but if they do, they get the NFC South title anyway. So it becomes kind of a. No, I, I hear you, but they're gonna but they're gonna prepare like they and they have to win. Yeah, they probably play so, them the first half, and, and so they have to win. And and I think that because their running game is strong and, and ha- is very strong, obviously, and they played a poor game against uh, against uh, Green Bay the other night. I think they're going to come back like block, you know, gangbusters. And I think that I think I really believe that JJ uh, Watts uh, tantrum is going to work with the reverse on this thing, and that this is a very undisciplined Houston team. 
Yeah, they're uh, listen. It's a pick. That's why that's why they call it betting gambling. You never know. You're done. You're done with your picks. You can't be harping on my picks now. <laughs> we still get one more college pick. I, I will say I love the the under in that game too at fifty six, especially if yeah. they pull their starters. What is that obviously, going on with? I'm I'm not sure. Um. Yeah. So another one that, that's kind of weird in that it may it only matters because there's other teams there is the New Orleans Saints who. They need some serious help um, where they need to win, they need Seattle to win, and they need Green Bay to lose, um, which gets them the first overall seed. The Panthers, kind of a lost season, kind of unfortunate. You know, Christian McCaffrey isn't going to play. Uh, Matt Rule's first year, just kind of a bummer. He had, he had a number of different dudes on his offense that had covid Obviously, McCaffrey's gone. Teddy Bridgewater played very well. I think uh, you know, no, you know, no qualms with where he is and with Carolina. Um, New Orleans, though, is laying seven points. And I know, obviously, they really just laid into the Minnesota Vikings on Christmas Day. Alvin Kamara, historic fantasy championship weekend. Um, so I'm kind of torn in this game. Obviously, I'm... Staying away from the Eagles, that we talked about it before. We don't know who's playing for Washington. Um, we got to you know see how all that goes. You, there's the uh, the Ravens and the the Bengals, which again that, that's another one of who the hell knows with that with what's going on there. Because uh, well, the Ravens. Let's go back before you go on. Uh, can you go back to your thoughts on Philadelphia versus Washington? Sure. What are you yeah. thinking? So, um, yeah, I, it's going to be really weird to see because. Washington's defense, while not great in the last couple weeks, they've had a very good passing offense, especially against lesser passing teams. And the way that that game was called last week, there was some good passing plays mixed in with the run at the start of the game. And then they got a little greedy. They got, you know, Peterson got a little, you know, pass happy. And we saw how the Cowboys adjusted to that. And I think Washington's defense is better than Dallas's. So on paper, it looks like Washington's defense should have the advantage there. But then you can say the same thing with the Eagles because, A, we don't know who's playing for Washington. They're banged up. So there's guys that, you know, kind of all over the place in terms of their running backs, you know, what's going to happen with their their wide receivers, who's going to play. And, yeah, it, it's just a it's an interesting game. There's a lot of guys in the Eagles, I feel like, that, that have seriously been playing for – Really, for a lot of pride, since since Wentz got hurt, I think they uh, they wanted to show that they weren't also the problem. And then last week, kind of showed that uh, Fletcher Cox getting hurt, I think, was a big demoralizing blow to the team. So I don't know. It's it's going to be a weird one, and, it, and it's something where you just got to kind of yeah hang your hat up and and wonder why the hell the NFL wanted to uh, flex this to eight twenty because. This could be a really bad game, and I think 43-and-a-half uh, is, is a little high for that. I don't like betting unders, but this has that Eagles-Cowboys game with Gucci Danucci starting written all yeah, over it. If I may, <laughs> if I may think about this, this, is, this game is going to be watched by everyone because it's an absolute game that counts for the playoffs because it doesn't matter who wins the Giant-Dallas game. Correct. This game still determines who the winner really is. They have to win the game. Correct. Okay. So that's they're keeping eyes there. Even if the game is, you know, thirteen uh, ten or twelve seven, it could be a it could be a stinker like that. But who, where do you think 
first of all, the fact that it's flexed and that's in Philadelphia, you know, it almost feels like it's Halloween. You know, it's, it's a late in the season, etc. It could get really kind of strange in Philadelphia at that time. So this this may I can't see the Eagles coming not to play at least the first half. Sure. The question is, does Hertz is, is Cox gonna, first of all is Cox going to be in the game? I would need to check that. I don't have it in front of me. I, I would suspect he might be. They 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 beat him up pretty good on sports radio here in Philadelphia this week, saying he should have gone back. He should have been back in that game. He could have come back. And you know it's hard to tell somebody about an injury, but it's interesting. What do you think? And and, and what do you think of Hertz? I think he's looked good, and I think the offensive line has played really well uh, last week, notwithstanding where he was, you know, getting ba- as banged up as Wentz was. Um, I, I, I think he's looked good, and and most importantly, he's t- taking care of the ball well. I think Miles Sanders getting brought back into the fold. Obviously, he was hurt well, you know, during a lot of the Wentz time, but uh, I think he's been a huge part of it, and him getting taken away was a big part. I'd like to see Hertz get a little more involved with, uh, you know, the, the the tight ends. I feel like they really had a letdown year, both Goddard and Zach Ertz especially. But uh, I, I think he's looked pretty good. It's going to be an interesting, uh, going to be an interesting camp, and it's going to be an insufferable however many months until training camp starts. Of oh, who needs to be it? Like you know, they were arguing about Foles all throughout the pandemic, and now now throw you know Jalen Hurts in there. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, in theory, he he could have, you know, he could just run around and and you know use his legs to make the entire difference here. Same thing with Miles Sanders. They don't even need to get any of the wide receivers involved with anything they were doing and and how they've played, and that's how they could try to win this game. But I don't know. It's going to be very. Uh, it's going to be a weird game. I keep using that are, word, are but you, it's going to be strange. Do you feel like grabbing the game? No, I do not feel like grabbing this game. Uh, I'm going to stay Jake, with New Orleans. What do you Orleans. think about the game? What, what was that? Jake, what do you think about that game? I mean, does it does it really matter is the question. Uh, I'm, I look for the, you know, let, let's pretend here that Tampa Bay stays in that. They're in the fifth slot right now. Correct? Yes. And Tampa Bay stays in that fifth slot. Do you think they care if they're playing Washington, Dallas, or New York? Do no, I, I don't think this. Care, I don't think anybody cares about this game outside of people who root for the NFC East teams. That's all. It's just a very um, uh, local game, so to speak. Well, it's exactly, gonna be, it's going to be big uh, NFL Twitter shit on the NFC East throughout the uh, <laughs> throughout Sunday night. Yep, a, a spectacle. Absolutely, but yeah, you can bet uh, the winner of the Dallas the Giants game. But that's why I'm saying I'm not sure why this is a nationally televised game because you're exactly right. It's local. It's uh, the only people that root for the NFC East really care about this. But I think it's well. I think the reason they did it also, besides it something being an absolute, somebody has to win. It 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 has to be a game that makes a difference at the end. Um, and most of the other games, if somebody wins earlier, it turns out somebody else can lose. This, this is one that doesn't get in the way of anything. So I think that's why they flexed it out there. And, and they're going to keep eyes on that. And you remember, the NFC East, is, as it is, has a large population. So people, you know, they're still going to watch it here in the, the largest cities in the country other than L.A. In Chicago. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philadelphia and New York. I mean, you know, and it's uh, it's a big deal. Yeah, they know that they know that the that we Philadelphians like to uh, enjoy, enjoy giving ourselves pain by uh, – 
watching the Eagles, watching the Sixers. The Flyers are coming back soon. The Phillies are complete dumpster fire right now. Um, yeah, so they know that. So good on Roger Goodell. <laughs> so, uh, Jory, are you going to start with the college picks? Or are we going to snake back that way since you had the last NFL pick? Well, so I still need to make my last NFL pick. You didn't pick it yet. Oh, you yeah. didn't pick your second one. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So you Carolina right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, New Orleans, Carolina. So go, jumping back to that, catch everybody up. Uh, New Orleans laying a lot of points. This is a game that, you know, they they don't need to win. But if they, you know, they win and there's some other help out there, again, a lot of, of – a lot of other games going on at the same time. Uh, I feel like you, you probably get a little more of the uh, figuring out what's going on here. Maybe you figure out maybe getting Taysom Hill some more reps in case Drew Brees needs needs something. You go the dual, you know, bring him in a little more often. I'm gonna go with Carolina plus seven. I don't like this pick a lot. Partially a lot of just how we were. Really breaking down the Eagles and the Washington football team. I don't like the 12 points that, that uh, the Baltimore Ravens are laying, but I also don't know what what the hell the, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be doing in their last game. That could be another plan for pride, and, and they keep it close. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with Carolina plus seven here. I feel like this is something. Mike Davis, I feel like he wants to, I don't know what his contract looks like, but he either is playing for an extension or he's play, if he's a free agent, he's playing to – get a job somewhere else and potentially a starting job because he's had a great season with Christian McCaffrey been hurt. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to take Carolina plus seven here. Before you get to the college picks, I have an idea. I thought it's a little bit out, out of the box. Okay. You don't like that pick. I don't. Would you trade that pick to somebody else and take one of the other guys? If the other guy wants to give you something that you have said that you liked. I've not thought of this. I've not considered it before. Are there draft picks that have to be thrown in here? Like, am I no, giving up future trade, considerations? No, it's a straight up trade. <laughs> what, what are you trying to offer? You love, you like my Arizona pick. Ooh, I, I'm gonna stay pat with uh, with Carolina. <laughs> Arizona scares me a little bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like the idea though. That's a that's a good little wrinkle to throw in there. Matty D will. Uh, he's yeah. not gonna listen because he never listens when he's not on. But. Uh, he, you he know, might find that really nice. The one comment you made that I disagree with completely early on, you said, well, it really doesn't matter. Carolina's season was not much of a season. It's kind of a throwaway. I kind of disagree. Yeah. I think I think Carolina, even though they uh, – 4-10, and 10, whatever the record is, 5-10, and 10, they played a lot of really good games. They did. And they lost near the end. I think this guy – Rule. Rule. Matt Rule. I think he's a coach. And he, he's doing it with a, a, a very average quarterback. He did it with the, when the running back was out a lot. And I picked them a lot of times to, to cover the points. And they, they did not have a bad year. No. And I liked them as, as, you know, when I was doing the coverage where you pick against the spreads all through the, the whole pick them thing. And Carolina came to play a lot of times. So I think he, I think within two years they'll be in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good call. Yeah, he's definitely uh, – he's had a good, interesting uh, – Matt Rule. He's had a good uh, a good debut – to his NFL coaching start. I know uh, a lot of people were a little critical of it because he came right out of college. No, uh, you know, no NFL experience whatsoever. And I think he's had a good, uh, a good uh, first exposure to the rest of to the rest of the world. I believe he did. He was an assistant on an NFL team. Early was he? In his okay. Yes. I just heard that today. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So Jake, to answer your question about college picks, uh, I do start cause we're still on the snake. 
Um, mm-hmm. So we we got a number of big bowls. The first of which actually is tonight, the Cotton Bowl, um, which you you will all know the result too. So I will not touch that game. Um, the two playoff games, obviously on Friday, we got the Sugar Bowl between Ohio State and Clemson, which I'm actually going to stay away from just because I I don't think the offensive coordinator being out with COVID is going to make that big of a difference, but who the hell knows with this whole Dabo ranking Ohio State 10th and all that stuff. I'm going to go to Alabama and Notre Dame, a game that we've seen before in both the playoff, the BCS, and all that good stuff. Alabama laying 20 points here, and I'm going to take Bama to cover this. I was proven dead wrong when I thought Notre Dame was going to keep Clemson close to the ACC championship game. We talked about this a lot a couple weeks ago of whether or not the committee got this right with Notre Dame being in there. Uh, I think they're playing with a lot of pride. I mean, talk about Ohio State being ranked 10th. Uh, I think Notre Dame really wants to prove, hey, we should be here. But this is the same story we thought a couple years back when they made the playoff for the first time, uh, and they got absolutely spanked. I'm going to take Alabama to cover the 20-point spread. I think there's a reason why it's 20 and not 21, and that's because they want to entice people. The bet on Bama, and I'm taking it. I don't, I don't know if you're reading that wrong. I thought it was 20 points per half. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might, it could be, given the uh, given how their last couple uh, showdowns have been before it. It really could be that. I mean, their, their wide receiving core is absolutely incredible. Their running backs are great. And even Mac Jones, a pretty solid, uh, pretty solid quarterback there. And you don't really say that a lot about Alabama-led teams. Uh, or at least you did with Hertz and, and Tua, but um, so I should walk that back. But uh, previous no, to them, no, no, it's a good pick. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would take the over on that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, I feel like I would have the over, points. but I, but then laying twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good pick. Yeah, Jake, what do you got? My my pick, and I've been looking forward to this for a year, is Ohio State. I I'm going to say it right now. They're going to beat Clemson. Oh boy. So yeah. So you think that you just you don't want to get you don't need any points? I'll take the points because they're there, but I, I Ohio oh, State special. Out. Yeah, I could. I mean, I could go money line if you guys want to give me a three three and a half to one payout. Uh, Ohio State's <laughs> been looking for this all you know for for twelve months now. Um, they've essentially a, a very similar team to last year. Uh, you know, they had Wade come back because he got kicked out of this game. So he's specifically here for that. Um, and then, honestly, I read a great article about Clemson uh, stealing signs last year. Oh. And it's not obviously not illegal. It's in that gray area. But that's why they're saying Ohio State got shut off in the second half. And uh, now they know that it's not going to happen again. What's the spread? It's seven, seven and a half. And a half. That is a, that is an interesting pick. I mean, I think Ohio State definitely has a ton to prove. There's a lot of people who really think they shouldn't have even gotten any sniff of the college football playoff because they've only played five or six games, uh, five before the Big Ten championship. And uh, they really think they didn't deserve it because the SEC played, the ACC played, all this sort of stuff. And, yeah, they, they got a lot to prove. And they, they have guys that uh, could try to show it off. Obviously, a ton of talent that's going to be – you're going to hear the, the words Ohio State a ton in a couple months of the NFL draft. So I, I feel like they're really playing for a lot here. Uh, I don't know if they win, but I do I do think this is going to be a very fun game to watch. In fact, last year, if I recall, didn't they, have, they, they could have won that game. It was a bad call near the end. And 
What was it exactly? There was a few bad calls. There was a, a long third down, uh, I believe, and and uh, Trevor Lawrence got sacked hard. And they called it a hit to the head. He got uh, targeting penalty, got tossed out, and I think it was the next play. Jordy, correct me if I'm wrong. Trevor Lawrence had a had a long run. Right, he gets a targeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hitting the helmet, you know, it's like a thirty yard run. Yeah. Yeah, then he gets a thirty yard touchdown. Yeah. So, you know, Ohio State saying how bad could it be? We lost one of our best defenders. Um, so yeah, there is some controversy. And as Jordy mentioned, Davos, we need the head coach of Clemson ranked Ohio State number eleven in his coach's poll. Oh, eleven. Ah. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of bad blood there, and that that that's what makes for a great game. Uh, bad blood. Davo Sweeney is most like, you know, he's one of those people that you don't really like. To, he's, he's unlikable, and yet I'm going to go to Clemson. I think that uh, uh, in his last game, um, it's, it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a slugfest. But I think at the end, uh, Clemson will cover, uh, you know, by maybe you know point and a half, maybe ten points total. Uh, but uh, it's uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great game because I, I think both teams have decent defenses, and so um, when people were upset at Ohio State, here I am running for Ohio State here, but Ohio State had a tough first half against Northwestern, and I think they were looking ahead, and before you knew it, uh, they that was a close game. But Northwestern is not a bad team, so uh, it was it was a good test for them, but. I'm going to go with Clemson. They've been waiting for this game again. Dabble Sweeney, uh, uh, you know, I can make the case against him too, because I started to, because I think Clemson could be looking ahead. But I think now that uh, he said that thing with 10, I think he's trying to give his own team motivation with that. And there's going to be some, you know, bad blood, north and south, you know, that kind of thing. SEC versus big, I mean, ACC versus big 10. Uh, so Clemson is playing for something. And so is Ohio State. So, It'll be a good one, so I'll have to take the other side. So you and I are against each other on a couple of games. I love it. Love Perfect. It. All right, well, Mitch, before we let you go, anything else you want to talk about, plug, anything like that? You know, I've got a new series coming up. No, no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> always wanted to say that. Um, mm. Interestingly enough, I'm in another pool, if you will, if I may share this with you, where you pick every game or spread every week. And, okay. Uh, in, in one last year, I won the whole thing last year, uh, and uh, this year I'm in another pool with a few more guys in it. We, uh, uh, I'm leading by eight going into the last week. We we don't play through the playoffs, so I'm looking pretty good. I'm enjoying that. I think it's wonderful. It's a wonderful sport, but football because it's a sport people can bet on, and this is before fantasy and all those other things. It's a week to week game. It's it really has captured. The Americans, I mean, nobody talks about anything but football. I yeah. Mean, I think the, sec- the second favorite part people talk about these days is European soccer. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, and it's nice. It's, uh, well, it's nice that, uh, you know, we've had kind of football throughout the year to, uh, you know, keep us distracted with what's going on and, and inadvertently with the weird uh, weeknight games. It's been, uh, you know, it's it's been interesting. I know a lot of, you know, there's fans of various teams that feel like their teams have been screwed by different stuff. I know Steelers Steelers fans are really, uh, really harboring for, you know, the the Titans and then the Ravens, you know, screwed them and all this sort of stuff. How they lost their bye week, but I don't know. I feel like the NFL. I don't want to give them any sort of praise with how they did because I feel like there was there probably is some sort of you know brushing under the rug 
of various little things, but I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that that nothing got stopped. I'm glad that uh, you know, they made it all the way through. I, we didn't. Th- I didn't think they were going to because you know Goodell Goodell kind of you know marches to the beat of his own drum. But it's definitely nice that we made it all the way through. One of the other things I like about the playoffs, Jordy and Jake, is that in football the referees you let them play a little bit more. Yeah. I assume these teams are better, and they play a little bit more. I mean. I have noticed this year, amongst, and it'll be even better in the playoffs, when there's a holding, not on the defense, but on the offensive line, and they replay it, sure enough, they get it right almost every time. There's, they, so that means that they're not just calling the ticky-tacky stuff they used to do on the offensive line years ago. So I think they're getting better at that. And then in the playoffs, they give them even a little bit more latitude. Correct. And it makes for a better game. Yeah, they definitely uh, – they've explained more of how you know various uh... – line penalties and all that sort of stuff works. Um, yeah, it's definitely something where, Jake, I'm sure you you probably run into this too, of having played various line positions and having to explain like what legal holding is and all that sort of stuff. It's nice that uh, that's kind of come more to the forefront in terms of uh, you know the viewing experience and seeing that sort of stuff. I do have one last question. Okay. If you had to say, because this is the NFL, Monday, what's Monday's date? Uh <laughs> The fourth, January fourth. Which coaches are going to be let go? Ooh, um, I feel like Anthony Lynn from the Chargers is probably the number one pick if we're going to go draft here. But he's definitely one. Um, obviously, Dan Quinn already was with the the Falcons. Adam Gates. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like this was kind of the goal for the for the Chets to try to get down there, but he even fucked up the tank. So I feel like he has to. Um, I don't he's think the bang, I don't think Bengals guy. I don't think Zach Taylor gets let go. I don't know. You think Doug Marone with the with the Jags? I think he gets canned. Absolutely, they're going to bring so. in a specialist that's going to be able to to mold Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, right? maybe. at least what they're going to attempt to do, like the Jets did with uh, uh, Darnold, didn't work. Geese, yeah, yeah, think, it's going to be that same I think, thing. I think Marone has been a good soldier, <laughs> losing as he has on purpose. And I think they'll give him a spot. I'd say, yeah, that's kind of my thought. I feel like they, they've they liked him a ton. Coach. He he took them to the AFC Championship, and they were they were beating the Patriots. And I feel like they just never they've the GM has never really given him a ton to work with, aside from mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette, and then they just made him run Leonard Fournette into the ground. And, and um, I, I understand that they have told Gase that he's out after. Oh, have they? Yeah. Okay. It, it, but I'm not sure that's a completely. Uh, 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 fail, a fail-safe comment, but I think they they have, and he says he will show up at the game, but uh, he knows he's pretty much out. Is there any other any black? What's I'm looking for? Um, uh, guys, you you wouldn't think, but might get fired. You know, you hadn't thought about it, but it, it could happen. Any of those kind of guys? I'm looking for a word. I can't think of it. What a dark horse? Dark horse. Um. I don't know. I feel like Nat, Matt Nagy saved his job with the Bears. I feel like if they don't end up making the playoffs, I think he's safe. But it, that that's kind of a weird situation, too, where they're mm-hmm. at. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Peterson? Any chance? I mean, that's a good, that's I... A great dark horse. I would like for some changes to happen here, but I don't think that... Uh, I don't think Jeffrey Lurie's pulling any any fast ones on us. I think he's. I think he stays bad, but I uh, I'd like some changes. I'll put it that way. Well, 
you know, sometimes a coach like Peterson needs another kind of a better spot to go to. You know, it's a tough one for him. Um, I, I could see him wanting out on purpose to take a, take one of the open jobs. Yeah, he said that he expects to still be the coach, but I, I could see that happening too. If like he wants to go, you know, prove that he's the guy, you know, with Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville or something uh, crazy. That's he just wa- exactly where it's going. I yeah, think like he wants far. to prove that it was him that figured all this out. And I get it. Like you know, we called him Big Balls Doug, Fearless, the name of his book, and all that sort of stuff. And there's all this different, all this different, you know, positivity around it. And obviously, a Super Bowl win is awesome. But it's just. We've it's been very glaringly obvious, at least to me, of just that he. I don't know if it's because he was a quarterback and he wants to put it on the on the quarterback to be the to be the guy and be the the reason why they win. It, it's like the same thing as you know not handing the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, but the way that he calls games and doesn't he immediately gets away from the run as soon as he gets the slightest bit ahead. I just think is mm-hmm. it's not responsible. He doesn't know how to do it, and this, like I'm not even just talking about this as a re- overreaction to this past Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. That happened last year against the Dolphins. They were up 14 points. They blew that lead. They blew a 17 point game to the Panthers two years ago. Like they've blown big leads, and I feel like part of that's because he gets you know, greedy and he doesn't think about the best way to you know you don't want to play to just you don't want to you know, using a golf term here, but you don't want to play to lay up. But you're you also have to be smart about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not not every fourth and four, you should go for it. It depends on how the game is flowing. Yeah, there. Yeah, the the, the going for on fourth down stuff. I mean, there's some of that where he he comes up with something. But I mean, the play calling has just been atrocious this year with it. Like before, he came up, you know, he pulled something out. He pulled a rabbit out of the hat, and I think you're right in, in terms of the feeling out the game flow. It it seems like he's lost that touch where previously it was there. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Jordan. I appreciate. You inviting me on? Yeah, Mitch, I appreciate you coming on, and obviously, we'll you know next year we'll have you back on, maybe have you on at some point, uh, you know, to talk either prop bets or various other things. But yeah, really appreciate you having on, or you having you on. Jeez, I really can't talk throughout this segment though. <laughs> do, you, do you continue to have a podcast through the year and you talk about other sports? I do. Yeah, we um we will keep doing it, especially with hockey starting up soon. We'll. We'll be covering that. It's uh, you know, me, Greg, Matt will hop on. It's uh, it's a good time. You know, obviously have Jake on to get his uh, expert opinion for that. But do that, and then it was started for baseball. That's why it's the bullpen cart. Um, so once that, Is that comes what you back, call it, the bullpen cart. Yeah. Um, so once <laughs> that comes back, it'll be uh, you know, be full swing there. And they'll be interesting in Philadelphia this year for sure. Yeah, there uh, there's some moves that need to happen. Uh, for me to be ready for baseball to be back. And the Phillies have been very glacial about it. I'll put it that way. Um, but yeah, well, that is a topic for another time. Mitch, we will let you go. Thank you again for coming on. This was a blast. My pleasure. All righty. Thank you. Special thanks again to Mitch, Jake's dad. I really had a lot of fun with that. I hope you guys did too. He was really looking forward to it and, and glad we could make this work. Mentioned it before we went to Mitch that Jake was not going to be on the uh, post-picks part of the show. He had to run and uh, recording this late on the 30th. And wanted just to say a couple things about the end of the year, as this is dropping on New Year's Eve. And obviously, uh, you know, 2020 was not the best year for everyone. Uh, had some different goals for the podcast. Wanted to try to get to 100 episodes in a single year. 
Um, didn't end up doing that. You know, obviously no sports for nearly four months will do that. And, and we tried to make do through it. But I really just wanted to take a couple minutes. Thank you guys, the listeners, for supporting the show. If you told your friends, you got somebody into it. If you were new to the show this year through whatever series, whether it was doing the uh, the real sports, covering 30 for 30s in The Last Dance, or you know something else brought you in. I really appreciate you listening. For all you old heads, thank you as always for another year here. Um, 2021, we're... Looking to you know keep keep moving onward and upward. Try to find some more guests. We mentioned it on the show with Jake. You know, try to do some more hockey coverage. Try to do that as more of a weekly thing. And obviously, first and foremost, baseball with a full season. Hopefully, we get back into a more consistent weekly show and maybe revamp it a little bit. It was a little tough this year with only the two months, and we went right into football and. It got a little tough to to do everything, so definitely want to try to improve upon that. I know uh, it wasn't the best, but we also did the Instagram Live stuff, which I think a lot of people really liked. Uh, at least people said that they did, so <laughs> appreciate the feedback for those that gave it. Um, that's another thing I want to try to bring into is uh, more of that, and we'll probably try to do that with Flyers games and, and different stuff like that, but... That's going to do it. We don't really have a ton else to talk about. You know, there are some trades that's happened in Major League Baseball, like you Darvish and Blake Snell going to the Padres. The Phillies even made a trade. They still haven't signed JT Obumuto. So we'll see how that all goes. Maybe we do a baseball offseason primer like we did with the NFL. We'll figure it out, but this isn't the time to do it. We mentioned it. Hockey's coming back in two weeks, so... Thank you so much for supporting us throughout 2021. And until then, we'll see you next year. Sorry, I had to do the pun. But fly, Eagles, fly.